This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, and bring up anything that you want. The number for you, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features. They're totally free, so uh, enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you here tonight, it's Ian. And Luther. And Julia. And uh, I think two out of the uh, three hosts uh, this evening are down with some sort of sickness. Uh, Down with the sickness. We are down with the sickness on (laughs) Free Talk Lab. But we're here for you. We'll still take your calls. 855-450-FREE. Big news coming out of our very own Keene, New Hampshire uh, tonight. I don't know if y'all heard about this, but Ron Paul was in town today. Yep. Did you go? I did not make it. Uh, I was waiting for uh, a friend to give me a call. We were going to do something, uh, but he ended up not calling, so I could have gone. He was speaking at the uh, the local college, <clears throat> Keene State College, this afternoon, and I, being involved with the Occupy Keene movement, knew that there was uh, scheduled to be a mic, what they call a, a mic check, that was intended to happen this afternoon. Now, I learned yesterday what the difference was between a mic check and the people's mic. Now, we've been following Occupy Wall Street and the various other Occupy movements over the last several weeks on this program. And those of you who've been paying attention may have heard of the the people's mic, which is an old uh, protest technique that was developed to kind of be a workaround for laws against amplified sound. So, for instance, in New York City... Occupy Wall Street, it's illegal to use a megaphone, for instance, without some sort of government permission slip in order to do that. Mm-hmm. And so rather than the protesters violating the statute or ordinance, they came up with this uh, people's mic thing. And I think it was decades ago this was invented. But the idea is if you're at a, this protest and you want to address everybody, but there's too many people there, there's no way that they'll be able to hear you unless you have a megaphone, which you can't have. You then do the people's mic where what you say is repeated by the people in the crowd. So it's it's a little bit of a clunky method of communicating in that it's very slow because when you're doing the people's mic, you can't say more than a few. You can't say more than a few words at a time until words at a time until people have you know, they have to be right. able to remember everything that you've said so they can you know say it back. And so it just makes it very difficult to get through saying anything of any length uh, to folks sure but you know it 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 makes sense uh, as to why it came about i i understand it and uh and it's been something that's it's widely used across the occupy movement now that's the people's mic that's used for the purposes of helping to amplify somebody that uh they want to hear there's also the mic check and please feel free to clarify if uh, if i'm getting this wrong but this is my understanding of uh, of it as, uh, as i learned yesterday the mic check is typically where they are kind of interrupting something. So, for instance, recently there have been some politicians like Carl Rove and some other folks, uh, big corporate CEOs, this has happened to them as well, where they'll be in some sort of speech. In the middle of a speech, someone will stand up, multiple people will stand up in the audience from the Occupy movement, and they will mic check this person. So they will basically yell, mic check, everybody else yells, mic check, and then at that point they have a prepared statement of some sort that they will read, and they will read it in that amplified, human-amplified kind of manner. Does it make sense? Sure, sure. Yeah, well, uh, there doesn't seem to, be, seem to be too much of a difference, but well, yeah. the difference is the mic check is an interruption right. to someone who's speaking that presumably would not be on your side. Right. But otherwise it functions the same. 
It's a call Correct. and response. Yeah, exactly right. So the intention was to do that to Ron Paul today while he was speaking at uh, at Keene State College. And it was done. But interestingly, uh, I was there for the, the planning of this. And I had told them, look, I'm not going to participate. I couldn't anyway because I was in Manchester supporting some folks out at uh, a court trial. Mm-hmm. But uh, I said I'm not, I wouldn't participate in this because you know, while I may disagree with Ron Paul on a few things, I think that he's – as far as the Occupy movement is concerned, he's the best candidate for the Occupy movement. Right. Has, hasn't he come out in favor of the Occupiers? He has, and, yeah, he, and he used this opportunity today to come out in favor of them again. And, in fact, he handled this very brilliantly, and we'll actually give you some of the audio from the event here coming up in a moment. First, let's go to the phones and the fun. Talk to Matt, listening in Illinois. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Luther, and Julia. Good evening, Ann, Luther, and Julia. How y'all doing? Good. Hey, Matt, what's on your mind? Uh, well, first of all, before we get going, I heard some guy call in a couple of days ago and called you all hipsters. Um, and I, you know, that was a dumb <laughs> thing for that guy to say. But I'm looking at a studio cam now, and the guy in the red shirt might be a hipster. Kind of looks like me. But anyway, that's beside my point. You talk, when you talk about Luther, uh, why is Luther a hipster? <laughs> Uh, he just looks like one. Just because really. of the bushy beard? Uh, oh, oh, so just because I look like one, huh? Yeah, kind of sounds like one. Well, I don't think you look that's like pretty a hipster. Shallow. I'm pretty sure I'm not a hipster. I've I've seen the look uh, at this. I'm not so sure about that, man. I, I don't well, know. Well, I, I guess you would know. know better than me. I've done some research <laughs> yeah. into this hipster thing, and I don't think Luther even comes close. No, you you know you don't have the high tops on. I have. Well, I mean, oh, I'm those... the kind of guy that would wear uh, glasses without rims. So I'm just saying. Uh, no, actually, I don't. You mean glasses without well, lenses? Say, no. Uh-huh. They wear rims, but they don't have lenses in the glasses. Yeah, that's what I said. That's what I said. All right. Well, I guess you would know better than me. So, so did you have anything else that you wanted to share tonight? Well, no. Uh, I called in to talk to you all about Occupy Wall Street. I just uh, wanted to get your thoughts on it. I think that it's just full of a bunch of hipsters. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> Nobody laughs. Nobody laughs at our, that, dude. Our Michelle Seven is uh, down there right now, as a matter of fact. And she is not a hipster. That didn't answer my question. Well, wait. I mean, we've been talking about Occupy Wall Street. Is this your first time listening to Free Talk Live the last couple of weeks? Few yeah, weeks? pretty much. Okay. Well, we've been talking about it on and off throughout the last several weeks, and and I think that uh, it's a, I think that's a great thing. I think that people getting out there and uh, networking and uh, and getting out and expressing themselves is uh, is very important. I, th- I don't believe that protests ever really change much of anything, but I think that they can be useful from other activism perspectives. And I was explaining to Luther last night where I think uh, some real benefits have come from my attending these uh, these events here in town, here at, uh, in Keene. I've been at every single Occupy, almost every single Occupy Keene General Assembly that there's been uh, from the very first event. Now, what exactly is Occupy Keene? Well, it's the same thing as I mean, it's it's similar. It's in a similar vein as Occupy Wall Street. It's a it's a group of people who are pretty upset with the the status quo. They're coming out. They're expressing themselves. They are, uh, you know, coming together. They're planning things like this mic check of Ron Paul today. They're going to be mic checking uh, Obama tomorrow. He's going to be speaking in Manchester. Yeah, push them back. Push back the liberals. Woo-hoo! Well, I don't I don't know if it's to push anything. I think I think the idea yeah. is. I don't know how seriously you're taking this. Thanks for the call. Uh, I think that I don't wow. think it's about pushing back. Uh, yeah, he's a really funny guy. Sure. Um, anyway, I don't think it's about pushing back anything. I think that uh, these these people are upset, and they have a right to be upset, just like a lot of the people in the Tea Party were upset. So, you know, kind of like the Occupy movement is. 
I know it's not really fair to call it the left Tea Party. That's not accurate. Right. It functions a little differently. I mean, they're... they're it's a lot different. I mean, they're camping yeah, out. Yeah. The Tea Party just came out here and there and did a, a couple things. I mean, the Occupy movement is much more consistent, uh, much more, uh, I guess, I don't know, principled is the right word, but much more dedicated to what it is that they're doing. Certainly. And... Uh, yeah, the big critique of of the Occupy folks is that, well, they don't know what they want. Well, that's not true. I think each of them wants somewhat different things. Mm-hmm. Well, I take issue with the ones who want their college paid for and things like that. And those sure, are the ones sure. that seem to be the loudest and yeah. the ones that seem to be uh, they're the most in my Facebook friends. And that's the image I get of the Occupy movement. And I haven't really dug further, so to be fair, but... Sure, sure. I, I think that there are a lot of people that are there from the kind of that left perspective. There was a guy at Occupy Keen recently who was talking about positive rights. You know, the idea that you have a right to health care and that you have a right to a home and that you, you know, have these rights to sure, things sure. that other people have to provide you with, uh, which, of course, isn't a right at all. That's basically you're forcing someone else to give you their product or service, and I don't support that at all. But I think that I can agree with most of the folks that I've talked to at Occupy about some of the problems that are out there. Like, a lot of them are very anti-war. A lot of them, uh, you know, they, they don't believe that uh, corporations should have the level of control that uh, that they do. And I agree with that. I don't think there should be corporations. I think we should have business, but not corporations. Yeah, I guess that's where my disagreement comes with some of the occupiers is they don't want, they seem to not want business. Let's come back with more here. 855-450 for you. Welcome to share your thoughts and observations. Also, audio from Ron Paul and how he responded to a mic check today. Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in via the toll-free number. It's 855-450-FREE. 1-855-450-3733. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. You need collections done? You need to talk to our friends at SACL CAI. They've been behind this show for a long time, and they can help your company with collections, early out billing, and they'll purchase charged-off receivables as well. Their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients too. SACL CAI. You can see their banner at the top of the banner column at freetalklive.com. So we've been talking about the Occupy movement and what spurred the conversation. Actually, our first call happened to be about it, whether or not he was taking it very seriously. I'm not sure. But uh, it was he was curious about how what our opinions are with uh, regarding it. And Luther and Julia, the two of you haven't really spent too much time going to things Occupy. You, right. Have you I, been to anything, Luther? Um, the first night somebody was camping out, I rode my bike down with you uh, just to go check up on him. You were bringing him a... A radio, and then the first day right. that they were out with signs here in in Central Square, I went out uh, to maybe talk to a few people. But uh, I was on my lunch break, and they were kind of disbanding at the time, so I didn't get into it too much. And uh, Julia, you've never been to, to anything? No. 
So I've been to a lot of them, and I think that the, the most important thing about the Occupy movement, from our perspective, from those of us who believe in the ideas of liberty, who you know want to be free and want want to allow others to be free as well, is that this is a a movement like the Tea Party. The similarity with the Tea Party is is people that are frustrated. That's the only similarity I think that it it really has. Uh, Otherwise, it seems to me the Occupy movement is much more dedicated than than was the Tea Party. And uh, and it's funny because they get the inevitable yells of people driving by that, get a job! And somebody said that there were – I guess there was some kind of a study done that showed that the Occupy people have uh, a lower unemployment rate than the average people in America. So – Plenty of the people in the Occupy. Okay, have but jobs. you have to admit that there's plenty of people on the Occupy, like Facebook movement, that are complaining about not being able to get jobs. Oh yeah, there is that, and uh, certainly it, it has attracted its share of, of homeless people because at Occupy Wall Street, they are or they were giving out a bunch of food before they got shut down uh, by the by the local government there. So you know, whenever you whenever you have a handout for folks, you're inevitably going to get some jobless homeless people showing up uh, for that. But it was, but you know, the people around here they work. The people at uh, at Occupy Keen, you know, most of them have jobs, from what I can tell. Sure. And I think that the best part about the movement is that it's a ripe group of folks, ripe for new ideas. They get that things are pretty effed up around this country, and most of them understand that the Republicans and Democrats are not going to save them. They understand that. Uh, I was talking with a number of them about Ron Paul last night when they were talking about how they were going to handle their mic checking of Ron Paul this afternoon, which is making national news, uh, by the way. And uh, you know they got it. You know they get it that uh, the politicians aren't going to be the savior. That you know they they think Ron Paul's like one of the better politicians, but they're not under the illusion that he's going to be able to save. Right. So save what was their either. what was their motivation for mic checking him then? Well, this is interesting, right? So uh, the, the motivation was they felt like if they're going to mic check a politician, that they should mic check all politicians. So like everybody oh, okay. that comes through Keene, they didn't want to be seen as uh, – or anyone that comes through New Hampshire. Right. They didn't want to be seen as like kind of tacitly endorsing Ron Paul. But at the same time, the way they approached it was they only did it toward the end of his speech. So they didn't rudely interrupt him during the middle of his speech. And I think the reason for that was because even without my input – there were people within this this movement, mostly leftists, who really understand a lot of what Ron Paul has to say. And they didn't – some of them, some wanted to interrupt him in the middle just because. That's just how they wanted to do it. But others were very reticent to do that. They felt like Ron Paul deserved a little bit of deference. And I think it worked out really well for both sides. The intention was for them to get press attention by doing this, and they got it. Politico, CNN, MSNBC all have reports out tonight about Ron Paul being you know, supposedly interrupted by Occupy Wall Street. So they got the press they were looking for, and at the same time, they, I think, were more uh, tac- tactful than they could have otherwise been by waiting to the end of Ron's speech to, to stand up and do their, uh, their chant. So I've actually got the audio here. It's actually available. The video of this is available at freekeen.com right now. And by the way, from what I understand, this is the only video on the Internet right now. So I think we've scooped uh, all the major news sites thanks to, uh, th- thanks to Nick Ryder. Here it is. On Wall Street who are free. There are protesters in jail. There are protesters in jail. There is something wrong. There is something wrong with the system. We are the 99%! Be heard! You feel better? 
Now, see that right there, the the ninety nine percent is something I really don't like about the Occupy movement. Why is that? Well, if you're talking about what it really means, right? Supposedly, statistically, one percent of the world is uh, is richer than the rest of us ninety nine percent, right? Mm-hmm. So, right there, what they're saying is that they don't like rich people. You know, it's not. I agree that there are some people who have gotten rich through the government, through political power, that shouldn't be. I think that people who earn an honest living, though, and are rich, and there's plenty of them. Uh, you know, the ninety nine percent they don't like them, and I, I have a problem with that. And I also don't like the, I hate when people say to me, like, you are the 99%. No, I don't want to be lumped in with 99% of you jerks. Yeah, I I like to say that I want to be the 1%. You know, I'm not not the 1% yet, you know, or something like that. Because I want to be rich, you know. I don't see why that's a bad thing. So I get get where you're coming from. And I think that... uh I think that there will be a lot of points of agreement. Like, you could clarify that with some of these people. I think that it's easy for people to say, well, but, yeah, I mean, rich people are bad across the board. But then you can come up with examples of how, well, wait a minute, you, you, not right. all rich people are bad. Here's some examples of rich people sure, that are sure. helping Andrew, you, for Andrew instance. Carnegie gave up uh, about half of his net worth over the course of his life. But you know what? If you're a rich person who has earned your money honestly and you don't give anyone everything, that doesn't make you a bad person. And I think that's where I really strongly disagree with, you know what I mean? The idea is that somehow this 1% owes all of us something because they're richer than us. And I don't, I don't agree at all. Nobody owes me anything. No, I get, I get where you're coming from. And I, obviously, I think you're absolutely right about that. But I feel like uh, that I, I think that people don't like rich people because they've never really thought too hard about it. And maybe they could be persuaded that the rich people that don't deserve it are the ones that use the power of the government, that use the influence of the state, combine together with their company to crush their competition and to, you know, engage in unfair business practices and, you know, and, and essentially gain their wealth off the, you know, the, the harm that they could cause to, to others. And I think that you could, you would be in to- they would probably be in total agreement with that statement that those people are bad guys. And then maybe you could show them that, you know, that no, no one can be equal in wealth. Like, did that's you not see possible. the video where Peter Schiff went to the Occupy movement and was trying to talk to people? Those I people, heard the audio you could it. not talk to these people. He was trying to talk to them and they were so mad that he was the 1%. They were screaming in like mass numbers. Mm, some people were kind of talking to him. But... Yeah, there was a few, but there was like, and, and there was a lady who said, I'm the 1% and, and I want to pay more taxes, you know, and, he was like, and go, he's, ahead. go ahead. And yeah. she's like, well, duh, 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 you know, <laughs> it's just a bunch of hypocrites. Well, that's so were the people that teach Tea Party. I mean, a lot of those people are hypocrites, too. They say I didn't they say want, I like them either. Right. They say they want liberty, but on the other hand, they want war and they want all kinds of things. But it's those few that are what make it worthwhile. That's what makes this worth going to as a liberty-minded person. So you can talk about the ideas of freedom and maybe bring people on board. We're coming up. The new Ruger LC9 Centerfire Pistol, a compact, powerful 9mm pistol designed for discreet carry, is also a full-power, no-compromise backup pistol, incorporating the rugged reliability Ruger is known for. Visit Ruger.com slash LC9 to learn more. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. All you have to do, dial in toll-free to 1-855-450-FREE. 
That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 855-450-3733 here tonight. It's Ian. And Luther. And Julia. Luther joining us from his radio program, Puke in the Gang, at pukeinthegang.com. That is correct. Uh, so you can go and get more Luther there. More drunken Luther, actually, from what I understand. Drunken oh, hipster Lord. Luther. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drunken hipster Luther. Sure, sure. We made Mangria's this week. Uh, show's not up yet, but a Mangria is... Three parts red wine, one part vodka, one part orange juice. Sounds interesting. Yes. So I was, we were all pretty fairly sloshed. Do you tend to get more uh, sloshed as the show goes on? Yeah. I heard some of the uh, the one that you did with Stephanie Murphy from uh, the Sunday night version of Yeah, Talk I think Live. that was, was episode 11 or 12. That was one of our best episodes. I was I very think. entertained. We're, we're definitely going to bring her back. So uh, so we'll continue. Take your calls. and uh, but Then I want to come back, Julia, and talk a little bit more about you and your thoughts about the Occupy movement. Uh, first, let's go to Jeff, listening in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Jeff. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, there was an article on the Good Samaritan Laws on Mises.org the other day. And then this morning I saw a picture of, I think it was a UC Davis protest where there's a cop just going down a line of kids sitting on the ground spraying them in the face. Yeah, I saw that picture. So it made me think, if somebody jumped that cop, could they use the Good Samaritan Law as a defense? Define what a good, the Good Samaritan Laws are. Basically, if you see somebody that's in trouble, you're required by the law to help them out. So like if you see somebody getting mugged and there's a reasonable chance that you could stop it the law says you're supposed to help them out i don't think that there's a reasonable chance that you could stop a police officer with multiple weapons and i don't know sounds dangerous also yeah i i agree i'm just like as far as like a hypothetical kind of intellectual exercise for any like maybe liberty-minded lawyer out there what they think of that concept wasn't there an indiana supreme court decision uh within the last few months that decided Essentially, you have no right to resist a false arrest that uh, that you cannot use force to combat an illegal arrest by the police. That even if you know that this is wrong, what they're doing to you and they're using too much force or whatever it is that they're doing that's illegal, you have to just accept it. And the idea is that, well, you can fight it later in court. Um, so pretty much the cops can can get away with any kind of legal illegal arrests or violent arrests that they want to. And I would imagine that same ruling would apply to anybody coming in from the outside just trying to come to the aid of somebody. I mean, essentially, the people wearing uniforms and calling themselves the police are completely untouchable from a legal aspect in regards to them affecting their arrests. I mean, there are occasional settlements and occasional court cases that will rule in favor of the the, the innocent victim at the hands of the police. But it's very rare that those things happen. Odds are good if you were to do something like that, you'd end up being charged with uh, you know, assault on a police officer, and you'd be in some pretty big trouble. Yeah, and that would be after the beating. I realize the law is whatever they say it is rather than what they even write down, but you know, just, just as a thought, I was curious if anybody had any opinions on it. So. But, there you yeah, go, we're Jeff. Pretty much hosed. Thank you. Anything else? That'll do it. Thank Thanks, you, Jeff. sir. Appreciate the call at 855-450-FREE. So we've been talking about the Occupy Wall Street movement, and Julia, you've been sharing some pretty strong uh, opinions about this. Uh, number, number one, your main, main point was that you feel like a lot of the people in the Occupy movement basically want to screw the rich over, that uh, they feel like rich people are bad and that uh, that they should have their money taken away from them and redistributed to the you know, people that aren't as rich. And I guess my question for you is, didn't you used to be a liberal? I was, but I wasn't really strongly liberal. I was just, I'm not a Republican liberal. I didn't. So you never had that feeling about the rich? No. No, I never hated the rich. 
Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think I did either. I guess I'm just wondering if you could empathize with them having ever been in the place where these folks have been and maybe changed your mind. But if you haven't, then that's that's fine. But it seems to me like even if you are starting with somebody who's coming from that perspective, it's still worth it to go to these Occupy events if you love the ideas of liberty because there are people there maybe don't feel as strongly and maybe they're more open-minded uh, towards other ideas. And perhaps if there are enough liberty-minded people that are around, then maybe they could positively influence discussions and people. And I feel as though my presence there and the presence of other uh, liberty activists in this area, at least in Keene, has, has basically you know, skewed the direction that things have gone in. Uh, that uh, you know, we're relative, I'm relatively heavily involved, and as a result of my participation and my assistance, you know, I'm not just standing there, I'm, I'm assisting these folks and you know, put up their website for them and did some other things as well from the, kind of the IT perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to the point where the other day I had uh, one of the ladies who's one of the more active people in the group, when we were discussing something, she looked over at me and asked me for my opinion on something. Which, you know, if I were some sort of an, being seen as an interloper of, of, or some, some sort, I, I would have not ever been asked, you know, for me to share my thoughts on, on an issue. And there have been all kinds of other things that have come out of this. Uh, Luther, you and I were interviewed for a newspaper article last night by the, the local college newspaper. Yep, and I was pretty drunk for that. I hope it went well. It sounded all right. I mean, I heard most of, uh, of your interview, but that happened because I was going to these Occupy Keen things, and I met that reporter, and I met another guy reporting from Yahoo News that was there yesterday as well. So it's good for multiple reasons to, to get the liberty ideas in front of people who many of them are open to new ideas. That's what I think. So there you go, 855-450-FREE. I'm not going to say that I've converted anybody. That's not my goal. That's not what I'm there to do. I'm not there to target somebody in specific. I'm not there to to harp on a position or anything like that. I feel like my role is to help out as much as I feel like I can help out because they're doing activism and I'm an activist and I want to go out and do activism with other people and – these guys are doing it, and they're doing a great job of it. In fact, we were playing the audio from the Ron Paul thing here, and, and today he was speaking in uh, our very own Keene at Keene State College, where he was mic-checked, uh, as they call it, where uh, the folks from the Occupy Keene movement stood up during uh, toward the end of his speech and delivered uh, kind of their own little statement about how there are people in, in prison and that they're, you know, they're sick and tired of, of this. The, the statement is, uh, from them was, we are the 99%. We will be heard. There are criminals on Wall Street who walk free. There are protesters in jail. There's something wrong with this system. We are the 99%. We will be heard. So they were relatively succinct, which was good. That was one of the points of discussion last night because somebody really wanted to just kind of ramble on with this lengthy you know, this <laughs> treatise that they wanted to deliver, and that did not go over well with most of the groups so they ended up agreeing on a very short statement and they did it toward the end so i thought they handled it tactfully and the way ron paul handled it was perfect and so i'll play the rest of the audio be heard you feel better (laughs) very gracious yeah i didn't you didn't hear that no i didn't hear what he said he said do you feel better after the whole thing, they went through their, their spiel, right. and Ron was, according to the report on MSNBC, he was smiling the entire time, and afterwards, you know, he, he waited a beat until after they were done, and he asked him if, if they felt better, which I think, you know, what, what a nice way to respond to what essentially was some level of interruption. I mean, he was pretty much at the end of his speech, as I understand it, so um, let me continue, though, because he had a few more words. 
because if you listen carefully, I'm very much involved with the 99. I've been condemning that 1% because they've been ripping it off. on Wall Street got the bailouts and you guys got yes. sick with the bills and I think that's what the problem is. He wraps up his speech, walks off the stage. So, I don't think he could have handled that any better, personally. Yeah. It was smooth. He was very gracious about the uh, the kind of this interruption. I guess it was really, it really was the end of his speech, so I don't know how much of an interruption that it was. Uh, but he he handled it graciously, was funny about it, and used it as an opportunity to uh, you know to kind of take the side of the the Occupy movement. And he has said other things in the past that make it clear that he he supports at least some level of what they're doing. He's he's spoken in favor of civil disobedience in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, specifically in relation to Occupy Wall Street. In another quote, he said uh, in a different issue a few weeks ago, when asked about Occupy Wall Street, he said that. He thinks it's very good and very risky. Very risky being kind of the disobedient part of what they're doing. But at the same time, it's clear that Ron Paul supports the Occupy movement for not necessarily everything that every occupier stands for, but just the fact that it's a disobedient movement. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-855-450-3733. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Luther. And Julia. Inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. Features including archives. So if you've missed a moment of Free Talk Live, no problem. Just go click download and get as many shows as you want. Going all the way back to late 2006, there's no logging in or membership fee or any other hassle. You just go click and download, and they're yours. Freetalklive.com. We talked a lot this weekend on Saturday about Bitcoin. So if you missed it, go grab the archive from Saturday night and download it. The first hour and a half, we had Roger Ver on from MemoryDealers.com, and he is a Bitcoin fanatic. He first heard about Bitcoins when we talked about them on Free Talk Live. He got into them and is so into them now that he's convinced that Bitcoins are going to change the world, that they're going to be one of the best things to have ever happened to not just the liberty movement, but also the world itself to separate money from the banks, to take money out of the hands of the 1%, uh, to take money out of the hands of those who are controlling it, the central bankers, and put it in the hands of individuals, decentralization. And you can go to uh, memorydealers.com to buy bitcoins. You can also go to weusecoins.com to learn more about bitcoins. Uh, and it's just an amazing currency. It's free market. It's peer-to-peer digital cash. You can use it anywhere in the world without having to ask permission from anyone. can't be counterfeited or inflated. Go and learn more at weusecoins.com and buy some over at memorydealers.com. 
It's really exciting what Bitcoins already allow us to do individually and what they could allow us to do on into the future. Let's go to the phones and to the fun. Doug's in Minnesota. Doug, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Luther hey. and Julia. Hey, if I thought I'd give you a quick uh, my uh, Occupy Minnesota story if you want to hear it. Yeah, please. Doug? Doug? Well, I wanted to hear it. I don't know. Doug, can you hear us? Yep, I can hear you. Okay, go ahead. So I was, I've been up a couple times in Minneapolis uh, on some business and court stuff, but I always like to talk to some of the people. So the last time I was there, the police in the county has shooed most of them away. There are a few who are still there camping and a few signs up braving the uh, police presence. And so I asked this one guy who was sort of holding down the fort, I said, Hey, I kind of support you guys. I just hope you start to realize who the real power is. Uh, Do you know where corporations get their power? And he goes, the taxpayers. I said, well, no. And I pointed to the courthouse behind him. I said, it's from the government. You know, I used your line that the uh, corporation is just a file folder up in the office somewhere that gives these people limited liability from things they might do. And that's the real power. And then he said, yeah, and then they make contributions to the politician's re-election campaign. Mm-hmm. So, boom, I got that guy on the track really quickly. You made the connection for him, and he saw it. Right, exactly. That's that was great. really great. And he first started off saying, corporations get their power from the taxpayers. And it's, he really didn't know. Yeah, and I then, find that that's, like, that's the case. I mean, with, with any of these mass movements, they're full, whether we're talking about the Tea Party or we're talking about Occupy, they're full of people who just, they are angry enough to know, you know, like they figured out that something's wrong. They may have even identified the problems correctly, but they might have a few disconnects here and there that are really routing their thoughts in the wrong direction. And I think you've done a great job, Doug, of just helping, you know, gently show somebody, well, maybe you need to look at it this way. And then they did. And it made sense. And it should make sense because the liberty position is sensible and logical. And not only that, it's uh, it's practical and it's moral. So coming into these uh, these movements, the Occupy movement, with this particular viewpoint, as long as you're speaking their language, is going to work. You can't go into the Occupy movement and start talking about ending taxes or you know just doing kind of like taking it from you, – you can't go in with the same rhetoric that you would use at a tea party. They're going to run you out of there on a rail. But if you can yeah. – figure out how to speak to them and empathize with them, then they're going to listen to you because they sure as hell aren't hearing any solutions from the politicians. No. Hey, speaking of speaking their language, here's a great turn of phrase that someone told me about that makes so much sense when talking to the lefties and the hardcore statists who don't even know their status, you know, the liberals and socialists, how are they describe themselves? You say something like, the workers own their labor. So right there, because they're always trying to say, well, what do the workers have? Well, when you start the ownership thing, the workers own their labor. And then who can deny that? And you're using their language a little bit. It works kind of good. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, just quick, quickly here, um, the guy who called earlier about the uh, Good Samaritan Law, I think the Good Samaritan Law doesn't say that if you run across someone who uh, needs help and you don't help them, you could be committing a crime. I think what it says is that if you try to help someone, when you're being a good Samaritan, you're trying to help someone, and then through doing the best help that you can, you might accidentally cause harm. Like if you improperly give them CPR, Mm -hmm. 
or you didn't know how to do it right or you didn't know what they needed or whatever the case is, you cannot be held liable for their harm that you have caused while trying to help them. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I I, I don't want to yeah. go out on a limb and and say that because I don't want people to run out and uh, and you know try to help people where otherwise they might be found liable for something. I know that we right. tur- I know that the society is very litigious and that uh, the people don't want to help others because they're worried that they might get sued. So I'd be you know I'd be cautious about that, and it would deserve more research by anybody that wanted to know more. Correct. Doug, anything else you want to share tonight? No. Good luck. Show, guys. Great story out there about the Occupy uh, Wall Street or Occupy Minneapolis. I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. So that's a great example of uh, what he shared about his interaction with one person at Occupy Minneapolis that helps somebody make a connection. And if you think about it, the more they have those encounters – the more likely they'll start to see the Liberty viewpoint as something that's legitimate. I mean, it's one thing for you to be the one lone Liberty nut at one of these events, but it's another thing for there to be multiple Liberty-minded people attending these and talking about these ideas. So Sure, sure. Yeah, I can see the benefit in that. Uh, and I, I do plan on attending uh, maybe a few more or a few of these general assemblies, you know, see what they like. Uh, like you said, when you first started going, just kind of listen at first, you know, and Maybe if something uh, I feel strongly enough comes up, I'll talk about it. But That's how I've pretty much been approaching things. Uh, and also, speaking up when I feel I have something I can communicate that's of value. So, for instance, yesterday they were talking about doing this uh, mic check of Obama. Obama's going to be speaking tomorrow in Manchester. So it's going to be tif- difficult for them because they had to go this morning, wait at early in the morning in a huge line likely to get tickets for this event Mm -hmm. and then once you get the tickets they're still checking your name with a background check (laughs) like this is you know obama so you've got the secret service not just ron paul where you just walk in everybody's cool but uh with this it's pretty serious so first they actually have to get through the background check get into the event and then successfully do their mic check uh they you know, I forget where I was going to go with that that whole point about the mic check. But right. they've got their work cut out for them if they, you know, if they think they're going to uh, pull that one off tomorrow. I hope that they do because I think it'll be great. Um, but it's it's going to be a real challenge for them. Oh but, sure. But but going out to these uh, to these events, I think is is well worthwhile. And the more people we can get out there, the better. Which is why you see differences between the different uh, Occupy groups. Like for instance, is Occupy. Uh, Occupy Oakland is very, very lefty and doing really disobedient things that I disagree with, like occupying the, the port of Oakland, stopping basically right. stopping, stopping people commerce. from doing business. They've been breaking into buildings, too, haven't In they? Yeah. I, it wouldn't surprise me. I read that they're actually like breaking locks of private buildings. You go squat in a building somewhere. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but then you compare that to you know Occupy Keen and things here are much much more mellow. Uh, there's been a bank outreach where people were encouraged to close their big bank account at uh, Bank of America and move to a a local credit union or a local bank. Mm-hmm. I fully support that particular activism. So I was behind that. The next thing is uh, what they call Plaid Friday, where they're going to be encouraging people who are going to be shopping on Friday at Black Friday to wear plaid and go shopping at a local business or local businesses instead of the big corporate stores. I mean, I'm not going to stop shopping at Walmart personally, but I understand that particular thing and I don't I'm not opposed to buying locally, so I can help with that too, you know. So anything that they're they're doing that I don't have an opposition like a a real vehement opposition to, I'm willing to help them out that far. Sure. And, and when you're when you're helpful and when you're quiet, 
people want to talk to you. They, you know, they want to know what you think. I love so, me some Target. So that's the way to. So I think Luther, that's the way to approach things. Show up. If you don't listen to somebody, how can you know what to say to them? How can you know sure. how to address their concerns? So going in and, and and being a good listener first is really an important aspect. And getting to know these people, you know, person to person. 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And I found that some of them are pretty hardcore. There's one guy who he feels like he's not he hasn't occupied until he's been arrested for something. So like there's some pretty <laughs> hardcore activists out here too, which is cool. Hour two's up next. Take control. Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program, and we invite you to take control of these airwaves. Dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Luther. And Julia. Let's jump right into your phone call, shall we? Brian is listening in Washington to XM Satellite Radio's America's Talk. Hello, Brian. Hello there. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I just had a couple of points I'd like to bring up about this whole 99% idea here. Sure. And for the record, I did major in mathematics at the University of Montana. So uh, with that in mind, I I do have a problem with this whole 99%. What do you mean? And uh, Well, the way I see it, a more accurate description, and let me go all Herman Cain here with another nine. It looks to me that what I, the way, what I would say, it'd be more along the lines of ninety nine point nine percent. And uh, bear here with me here, and I'll tell you why I say that. And uh, for an example, I checked on the interwebs, and uh, Tom Cruise is estimated to be worth two hundred and fifty million dollars. Okay. And uh, if you t- you take that into mind, when you consider the sheer amount of money these bankers have stolen, and I mean hundreds of billions of dollars, a guy like Tom Cruise looks to be uh, more like in that ninety nine point nine percent. You know, of all the people in this world that have you know made their money by not stealing the entire wealth of nations mm-hmm. in a worldwide banking scam. I get what you're now, saying. You're saying they're not being. There. You're saying they're not being specific enough with their ninety nine percent. They should be a little more accurate. Well, yeah, I think my point here, the second point really brings it all together, is people like Tom Cruise and others that may be called rich, uh, they need to, you know, maybe get behind this movement in some way, because it's just a matter of time before they, too, could have all of their wealth stolen. You know, so I suggest that we as, you know, a nation and a world and people that aren't investment bankers that are stealing the wealth of nations could come together with this mindset, you know, of more of a 99.9%, you know, because we're all under attack here, and it's only a matter of time before they're going to attempt to steal everybody's money. And that these that like to call themselves the 1%, 
they they should probably take a good solid look at what's going on around them, and maybe they too will come to the realization that their wealth could vanish in an instant, you know, if they don't do something to stop it. And I think my point is that I, as part of the poor people in this country, I'm not mad at rich people. I happen to feel that people that have earned their wealth, that's great. They've got it. But they, too, need to, you know, maybe step up and help out the poor because they'll be poor in just a moment here when they take all of it. I definitely see where you're coming from, that uh, that they shouldn't feel too comfortable where they currently are, because uh, the, the government can always print more money out, and that steals value from everybody. Of course, it steals value disproportionately, you know, more from the poor people, so rich people are certainly more insulated from the effects of, uh, of the government stealing people's money. But yeah, I think you're right. Nobody's safe when it comes to Congress being in session. Anything else you want to share? Right. No, that's it. That's all I have. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate the call tonight. Let's talk to Kevin in Indy, listening to WXNT. Hello, Kevin. Hello. um, I'm calling for, first of all, I'm kind of upset they have sports on. Oh, dreaded sports. Oh, well, we'll, we're still here for you, so go ahead with your thoughts. Well, I appreciate that. That way I get to hear a little bit of your program. Um, You know, I think technology is the only way we're going to ever lead ourselves out of this uh, economic woes that we're in. And I've at, for 10 years, I've thought, well, why don't we have hovercraft instead of combustion engines, you know, with the fuel cells, et cetera? And then when you think about it, the government would lose all of the gasoline tax. Uh, tire companies would lose out because now you really wouldn't need tires except for the four that you'd put on it to, when you land the hovercraft. And this, but especially for safety vehicles, if the f- firemen and, pl- and the police, and ambulances had hovercraft, they could get to the scenes a lot quicker. But we have been stuck with this combustion engine now for 100 years, and it's just outdated technology. Sure, sure. And a lot of that is just, you know, regulation on behalf of the audio, auto industry as it stands now and the, the petroleum industry as it stands now. You know, uh, they you know they lobby the government to basically fight off the competition. I mean, uh, there are... there Like, when cars first came out, you could get electric cars and you could get steam-powered cars as well as gasoline-powered cars, you know. Like, so the options were out there. And then they fell out of favor because they're less efficient. But, uh, you know, I'm sure that uh, when gas started booming that those companies, you know, especially the big three, Ford, Dodge, and uh, 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 GM, you know, fought to kind of keep their position. And, of course, they did it to foreign uh, interests like Toyota and Honda and uh, Volkswagen and Volvo, you know, to try to keep uh, foreign cars out as well from uh, competing. Kevin? Do we lose Kevin? Kevin going once? Kevin going twice? All right, 855-450-FREE, that is the toll-free number. And you see that in a lot of industries, Luther, where... The establishment will use the government and their regulatory controls to insulate themselves from new upstarts, competitors, innovators, people that are going to come in and revolutionize an industry because the the old guard is not very good at keeping up with change. And sure. it's, it's much easier to just <coughs> excuse me, keep the status quo. Keep everything as it is. Keep the right. profits rolling in, and rather than have some sort of new disruptive technology that nobody saw coming, the black swan, if you will, that comes in and surprises everybody and completely changes the face of a given industry. The old guard doesn't want that to happen, even though something like that, and he gave the example of a hovercraft or maybe a flying car or something like that, uh, the, the black swan like that can completely change everything, and that's good for us. 
That's sure. good for the consumer. It's good for society. It's bad it's, for the establishment. Though. And it's bad for the old guard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why things are the way they are, where you know the the old guard or the 1% or whatever you want to call them, they're the ones that are in bed with the, with the, <laughs> with the state, which is also the 1%. And they're they're using their power to entrench themselves. And I think communicating these ideas is is so very important to let these folks know within the Occupy movement, hey, you can change the chair, you know, the deck chairs on the Titanic, but ultimately nothing's really going to change. You you can't elect your way out of this problem. Even if Ron Paul by some miracle wins the election, mm-hmm. that's not going to change fundamentally how anything's done in Washington D.C. No. Ron Paul can change a few things, like he can bring the troops home, which would be a huge deal. Sure. So there's uh, there are a few things that having Ron Paul would certainly be good for, and he can press some things in a d- direction that they otherwise wouldn't have gone. But until you have a sea change of people's opinion, until you change hearts and minds, you're never going to ultimately change anything. Because what we have today is really a manifestation of what people believe, right? And sure. If, if people believe that it's okay to control their neighbor, if, uh, if you know, their neighbor's doing something they don't like, that they should be able to just pass a law to try to put a stop to it, uh, then ultimately, as long as people hold that particular belief system, what we have out on the outside of us will be the, the, you know, the, the manifestation in real life of that particular set of beliefs, the collective consciousness, if you will, manifesting itself. Obviously, we don't believe these things, mm-hmm. but we're in the minority, so our beliefs don't really matter ultimately. So a lot more people's minds have to be changed, and I, I'm glad to see that at least within the Occupy Keen movement, people understand that you know, the politicians are a bunch of corrupt a-holes and that they're not going to change anything. Sure. So I'm glad to see that happening. Your thoughts are certainly welcome at 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number, 1-855-450-3733. Change is also happening around the world. Uh, Egypt, they're back in the streets. Hundreds of thousands of Egyptians rallied over the weekend with Islamists in the forefront to protest against what they say are attempts by the country's military rulers to designate themselves as the guardians of a new Egypt. It was one of the largest rallies in Egypt in recent months. Of course, there was huge news earlier this year where you know the Egyptians essentially, by having rally after rally after rally and not giving up and going home, even when the state got violent against them, mm-hmm. resulted in the ouster of, uh, I think it was Mubarak, right? Hosnina Mubarak? Yeah. And at the time, it was announced that some military ruler was going to take his place. And, I mean, we knew right then that this wasn't going to be a good thing. Right, right. And it seems to have gone in the direction I think most of us assumed it would. That is total military control, right? Right, yeah. 855 free. But it sounds like the Egyptians aren't going to stand for that much longer, so good on them. one 855 But again, as long as you believe changing out a dictator or changing out a set of rulers is going to solve things, you're wrong. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin? Any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers, too. Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com This is Free 
Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Just dial in via the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-855-453-855-450-3733. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Luther. And Julia. And we invite you on over to the website at freetalklive.com. We have a bulletin board system. You can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. And things are better than ever over on the BBS because it used to be kind of a troll zone and it had been driving away people and it just had become drastically less popular over the years. So we changed things up, made it so you now have total control over any thread that you post. So things are very different now. The moderators have more ability to moderate than ever before. But you ultimately, if somebody posts a response to something that you post up there, you can just delete it if you don't like it. So that'll really keep the uh, the troublemakers and the trolls in check, I think. So go and check it out for yourself at bbs.freetalklive.com. Ruger has some exciting new offerings for this model year. The LC9 is a new, slightly larger cousin to the very popular LCP. It's compact, has numerous safety features, three-dot sight system, and Ruger always has and always will mean rugged. The Ruger LC9, the next handgun you must own, made in America and made for you. Ruger.com. Let's go to you and your thoughts. Ingrid, on the line in Maryland. Ingrid, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey. Hey there. What's on your mind? Hey, yeah, I just heard that um, Ron Paul showed up in Keene today, and I just found out today that um, someone else is going to be coming in my area pretty soon, um, Bradley Mannon. Um, I just found out today he's going to be having um, a pretrial in Fort Meade, uh, Maryland, really? on December 16th. Brad, Bradley Manning, who's been held uh, not, not quite incommunicado, but close to it. I mean, he's been held in very strict conditions uh, by the federal government. It's my understanding the conditions were, were I guess, lightened slightly, but that's not saying too much. Uh, so this is his very first pretrial hearing that's coming up? Um, that's correct. Um, he, he was held um, in Quintico, Virginia, and I was actually at, um, at a protest um, around March of last year, and then he was moved... I'm not sure what the name of the military station is, but he's like somewhere in Kansas right now. But um, this is going to be his first um, pretrial um, appearance um, since his arrest, and um, supposedly um, the public um, can come see it. But um, there's only one gate in Fort Meade that's open to the public, mm-hmm. where all the other gates are open to the military. So I'm really hoping to like sit in on the trial if um, if possible. So I'm going to yeah, be, be there. Great. The more people that can come out to support him, the the better. I, I guess it's probably worth mentioning who Bradley Manning is. Uh, he's the gentleman who was in the military and has been alleged to have been the person that has leaked a bunch of information out to, for instance, WikiLeaks about mm-hmm. you know inside goings on. And the federal government has been very upset about that. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Um, it's supposed to start um, December sixteenth, and that's going to be in Fort Meade, Maryland. And that's on a Friday. And then the next Saturday, um, there's um, going to be a huge protest there. And um, for some reason, I'm not sure the reason why, but um, they're going to be there's going to be a hold on it from the um, military. And then it's going to start up again if um, I think the day was December 28th, and and they think it's going to last at least five days. So people can't make December 16th. Um, then it's going to be from December 28th to January 2nd. So he'll get to spend the holiday season behind bars. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Ingrid, will you let us know how it goes if you manage to get out to it? Um, Definitely. All right. Anything else you want to share tonight? 
Um, no, that's it. Thanks for the call. Good luck out there. Appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. Of course, uh, this Bradley Manning thing happening underneath the, the, you know, the watch of the Obama administration. And didn't he run on transparency? Yeah, he did. Yeah. How's yeah. that working out? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I can't. I <laughs> can't get that. Uh, I can't see anything. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's not so transparent, I guess. Right. Clearly, I mean, this Bradley Manning and what he did was all about transparency, and they want to throw the book at the guy. Probably yeah. want to lock him up for the rest of his yeah, life. Pretty That's atrocious. My guess. And like, wasn't he? Uh, didn't he supposedly leak like the uh, the video of the the reporters and the civilians getting gunned down? Uh, I believe that was part of what he leaked. Yeah, but I'm not positive. I know he leaked a whole, but allegedly elite leaked a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, so we'll keep you in the in the loop on that. Eight five five four fifty free is the number. William is in Dallas. William, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, William. Go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, how you hipsters doing? <laughs> Go real, ahead, sir. Real radical, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I caught another night about the police, and you know, people always think I'm. I just hate cops, and you know, to be clear, I don't hate them. I mean, I think they're people just like we all are. And, yeah. You know, people make people make mistakes and get caught up in things that they shouldn't be. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so anyway, one of the things I was going to point out or clarify that I was the, uh, called a couple nights ago, and I mentioned that the town I live, is, live in is less than four square miles. The so town you live four, in? Okay. Yeah, it's less than four square miles. And you know, to for anybody that doesn't you know, know what that means, technically, if it was a perfect square, the town would be less than two miles long and two miles wide. Yep, got it. And, and we got four to six police on duty during the peak hour times. <clears throat> But anyway, I wanted to point out that, uh, you know, not only that, the last four times I've been pulled over have been all four illegal pullovers. Uh, two of those times I got uh, falsified speeding tickets. And uh, uh, let me see. Meaning uh, they're claiming that you were speeding, but you're, you don't believe that you were? No, I know I was not. And one time, and, and two of the times I wasn't even driving. One of the times my wife was driving. And, and why do you feel she, like they're she, targeting you? Well, it, well, we got pulled over in different areas, so it wasn't a specific area that got. got it was state. Two of the times, wait, two? No, three of the times were state troopers, Texas state troopers. So I wasn't even in my town. I'm sorry, two of those times were. One of the times my wife was driving, and she had been. She got pulled, she got a ticket here in the town I live in. Like a week beforehand, so she was using the cruise control, I mean, to a point of uh, irritation, you know, like <laughs> to make sure she didn't speed. Mm-hmm. And then we'd, get, we'd gotten pulled over, and, and you know, we told the officer, you know, we, you know, we weren't speeding. He goes, no, you were. And, you know, and I said, we weren't. We weren't in a hurry. In fact, we were pulling over to get gas. And he was like, I didn't say, you know, you call me a liar. <laughs> he was trying oh, to wow. accelerate, you know, he was trying to, yeah, he was trying to kind of. Instigate, escalate, uh, yeah. Yeah, escalate the situation, he, you know, but uh, I guess that was about it. Well, so Other what are you going to do about it? I mean, are you just going to pay the tickets? or what, well, ha- what happens in Texas if you go to court? Because, you know, we talk about not taking the plea deal on this program, but there are also places around the country where if you go to court, they charge you extra. Is Texas one of those places? Well, I've been listening. No, I don't know about that. I've been listening to you guys for about a year, and it's happened just right over a year before I started listening to y'all. And one of the things, uh, I did actually go to court to one of them because, I mean, it was a blatant, you know, the guy, um, 
uh, you know, said I was speeding, and he said I was going a 49 in a 40 uh, in a 35, and I was actually going 49 in a 45. And, and my neighbor behind me, I, I saw him up the courthouse. He got the same darn ticket. So you went and to court course, on that one. What happened? Well, I went up there, you know, and there was hundreds. You should see the courthouse for this this tiny town. You should see it. It's all brand new. But anyway, Very opulent, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. The Nothing judge, but the uh, best for the government. I mean, they'll spend all kinds of money on their own buildings. I wish I could send you pictures of this place. I mean, it's Oh, I massive. can imagine. I mean, I know exactly what you mean. I'll tell you what, if you want, I'm curious to find out what happened with this, because I wonder how things go in different places. In New Hampshire, you take a speeding ticket to court. They don't tack on extra fees if you get found guilty. It's Free Talk Live. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. All you have to do is dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's a number brought to you by SACL CAI. Here with you this evening, it's Ian. And Luther. And Julia. And we invite you to the website, freetalklive.com. If you have a smartphone, you can visit m.freetalklive.com. Get quick access to our live streams and the podcast there as well. Both of them are free through M. .freetalklive.com. Coming up here in a couple of months, February 23rd through the 26th, as a matter of fact, it's going to be the Free State Project Liberty Forum. That's right. It's back after skipping a year due to some organizer issues. They brought the original organizer back on board. The guy that gets it done, Chris Lawless, is back in charge of the event, and he does an awesome job with it. Uh, it's it's been a lot of fun going to I've been to every one of the Liberty Forums and I'm so glad that I have because it's really a blast to be around hundreds of other like-minded liberty-oriented people and the both of you guys have gone to these things. Yeah, yeah this will be my third one this year, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm looking forward few. to it. Good times? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, sure. Worth worth the uh, the dollar spent? Uh, absolutely, you know, uh the first that was the kind of the first major liberty event I went to, actually, and like I met so many people, you know, that I'm friends with today, you know, to this day. So, mm-hmm. and that was, you know, three years ago before I I had moved back to New Hampshire. I was still living in Maine at the time. So, was your first one like the first time you met a whole bunch of people up here? Yep, for the most part. Yep. Oh, uh, was like it I awkward met... for you at all being there the first time? Because it would no. seem to be the it would seem to me that the most difficult would be the first one, and then you know you have to meet new people for the first time. I but suppose, it... but like I don't know, I, I found it easy. to to uh to just talk to people i mean because we have this in common i, right. I guess that really not helps. like in a bar of total strangers or yeah something it really like helps break the ice when you already have something in common something like so much in common like being for liberty right you don't have to worry about having to convince anybody about the ideas of freedom they're already that, starting there or that you're not some crazy right-wing extremist exactly the odds are good you're the, the one of the not the most crazy person in the room 
at uh, the, yeah. the Liberty Forum. I, I can categorically say that I am not. Yeah. So it's it's a blast. I mean, it's everything from panel discussions to speeches to banquet dinners, lunch, you know, luncheons, uh, and of course the opportunity to explore a little bit of New Hampshire. Maybe go out to eat in Nashua. Uh, it is the middle of winter, so I don't know how much exploring you're going to want to do. But there is, right. uh, there's the, I think there's going to be a gun shoot. Yeah, it's not that far from downtown Nashua either. There's plenty to do down there. There's bars and restaurants and all that good stuff. Uh, and of course, there's always plenty of partying going on at the Liberty Forum in the hotel. So if you just want to make a weekend out of being in the hotel, you can do that too, and you'll have everything that you need there. In fact, the uh, the basic or the standard package, I guess, it's less than two hundred dollars. That doesn't include your hotel stay. It's just for the whole convention, which lasts the entire weekend, Thursday through Sunday. Mm-hmm. So you get a full convention with the meals included for under 200 bucks. Sure. I, I'm amazed that they've been able to keep it so affordable, actually. But they've done it, and it's, uh, it's available now. You can go get yeah. signed up. Use their early bird registration and use our discount code, which is FTL2012, to save yourself 10% more. Uh, so uh, go to FTL2012. Uh, excuse me, go to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Use code FTL2012. Get registered. You're going to be able to see some great speakers. Everyone from John Lott to uh, Michael Bolden from the Tenth Amendment Center. Uh, the very wonderful and awesome uh, wife of Mark Emery, Jody, will be there. Jody Emery, who's just an incredible activist. Uh, she's going to be on hand from CannabisCulture.com. And Michael Cloud and more. Go get the details on some of those who have already been announced, but they haven't announced everybody yet. And as soon as they do announce all this, the speakers, that's when the price goes up. Right. So I, I get believe, it now. I believe that's happening December 1st. The price increase? Uh, uh, well, I believe that that's when they're going to uh, mention everyone. So, yeah, I, I, see. I think so. So get get in there and get the early bird prices now while you still can. In fact, from what I understand, the early signups have been going so well this time that it's on track. The event is on track to be the biggest Liberty Forum ever. Wow. So you don't want to get a situation where you've run out of time and the hotel sold out. You don't want to be in that situation. No, no, because you're not going to find another hotel room, you know, anywhere near it. Uh, well, there are other hotels in Nashua. It's just that it's no they'll fun. They'll probably to, be filled if you wait that long, though. It's, it's no fun to drive from one hotel to another. Sure, and, sure. You know, especially if you're going to be partying at the uh, the other hotel, it wouldn't be sure, very yeah. safe. And, yeah, and a good way to get to know people, I would say, is to, to volunteer. They're still accepting volunteers. You sign oh, up for what hours you want and... Uh, you know, you, uh, I don't know if you have first pick at this point or what, but you know, you, you will help do some sort of task and uh, yeah, yeah. Meet, so you'll be helping people. out. You'll save money and you'll be able to meet pretty much everybody. It's perfect. So freestateproject.org/slash/libertyforum. Back to William, listening in Texas. Now, William, you're talking about the small town in which you live. You got some speeding tickets, one of which you took to court. And I was wondering if you could just tell a little bit more about that experience because I said here that. If you get a speeding ticket in New Hampshire that they don't add fees on, but honestly, I don't know. I've never been to trial for a speeding ticket before. I will be going to trial for a speeding ticket because I did get my first one recently. But I, when I went in for a parking ticket trial, they did not assess me any fees on that. Uh, so I don't think it applies everywhere that you get extra fees for going to court. In some places, you do. Like I think out in California, for instance, they're going to just jack you with court costs just for the fact that you elected to go to court. Uh, so I think whether you win or lose, you end up having to pay court costs. Or maybe certainly if you lose. I'm not sure about if you win. And, of course, you hardly ever win in traffic cases. Right. So what happened with your case? Well, yeah, you got to pay for your right, your constitutional right, right? You got to mm-hmm. pay a fee for that. Um, well, it can also point out that before that, I'd been four or four times illegally, three of the times the, gov- the police falsified government reports, 
you know, uh, three three times they lied. You know, made lies up. But anyway, I, I didn't mean to mislead you. I didn't like go to trial, but I did go to court because this time I had right before that, like a month before that, they had accused me of going fifty four and a thirty five, which I hadn't been. But I, I might get the details of that. But so when you said one, you just, didn't go to trial, but you went to court, what does that mean? Well, I went to court to go like do uh, you know where you stand up there and plead guilty or not guilty mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, now the the one I had, the cop had lied about before that. I just chalked it up to, hey, I've gotten away with speeding so many times. So this one, I decided to fight it because it was another blatant lie, like, within a month. So anyway, I went in there. I told the judge in front of everybody. I uh, said, um, you know, I wasn't speeding that day, and I don't, you know, I'm not guilty, and that's the way I want to uh, testify. And she looked at me. Uh, and she said, okay. She goes, i tell you what. Charlotte, you just go ahead and pay the full fine right now, and uh, we'll just, you know, call it even or something to that effect. I looked at it and said, ma'am, why would I want to pay you pay the fine for a crime I didn't commit? You know? Sure. Because she doesn't uh, want to go to trial. That's why. Yeah. I mean, anyway, I ended up speaking with the uh, uh, DA there, and I guess I got, I don't know, tricked in. Not necessarily tricked, but uh, by then I already wasted three or four hours, and uh, and I couldn't take another day off and stuff, and I just ended up. Paying basically paying like they gave me like fifty dollars off the fine or something. I think it was a hundred eighty dollar ticket. I ended up paying hundred thirty or something. And okay, so uh, you so your intention was to take it to trial. You had said not guilty, and they managed to talk you out of going to trial by knocking some money off the fine. Yeah. So you took a plea much. deal, but basically, you know yeah. you didn't have to pay as much. So I suppose it could have been worse. Although as you pointed out, you also had to take a full day off of work. So for a lot of people, there's always that that ultimate question of, well, is this worth my while? And it never is. It's never worthwhile. I mean, you'll never come out ahead when you're going up against the uh, the state. William, thanks for the call and the uh, the story tonight. Appreciate it. Eight five five four fifty free. You always lose. So you get the speeding ticket. And mine's, I think, uh, like $70, $77 or something like that. I was going allegedly going 71 in a 55. And so, well, yeah, of course it's not worth my time to take time off work to drive out to Henniker in New Hampshire and go to court. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just, just the drive, the time it would take to drive out, go to court, and go you know, drive back would already make it not worthwhile, even if I did win the case, simply because I could be doing other, more productive things. So I understand why people take the plea deal. I don't blame anybody for it. You know, if, you, if you're going to get fired from work, you sure, sure as hell shouldn't take the plea deal. Sure. You know, uh, so there are certain times when it's appropriate and when it's not. Fortunately, I have the flexibility, being my own boss, I can set my own hours. I can take a whole day off. I did that today to go and support Adamo Freeman from copblock.org at his trial for chalking out in Manchester. So I have that luxury, so I'm going to take my speeding ticket all the way, just like I did with my parking ticket. You know, I had a $10 parking ticket in Concord that I went and spent hours on uh, going to court. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. 
is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Luther. And Julia. And we invite you on over to our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features there totally free. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, well, it is going to be Black Friday soon. And, of course, that means people will be rushing into the stores. They'll be packing into the parking lots. They'll be running over top of one another to try to get their hands on the DVD player that's like $10 or whatever it is that will be on sale on Friday. Why bother when you can just do it all from the comfort of your home? You can go to shop.freetalklive.com, click in through our Amazon links there, or go to Newegg. We've got links to Newegg as well. And uh, when you shop through Amazon, through shop.freetalklive.com, Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase price. And online retailers have Black Friday specials, too. So you can get great deals, and you don't have to leave your home. You have to deal with any of that nonsense. So, And you can help Free Talk Live by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Remember, when you shop over at the Newegg links, if you go through those, then, New, uh, then Newegg will give a portion of the purchase to the CD Evolution Fund, the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. Uh, again, shop.freetalklive.com. Now, a few moments ago, we had started talking about the Egyptian uh, situation, which is bubbling up yet again uh, because, well, they're not happy. And they shouldn't be because when Mubarak was cast out, he was replaced by a military person. And now they're pretty upset about the idea that the the military's ruling the country. So trading one ruler for another set of rulers, this one in fatigues, isn't really going to make things better. And yeah. that's what they've learned. Uh, unfortunately, they learned it the hard, the hard way. way yeah. That's how people tend to learn things, though. So hundreds of thousands. Now, you think Occupy's a big deal? They've never had hundreds of thousands of people uh, at, a, at a protest. These, these people want something to change, and they're serious about it. So they rallied in uh, Cairo's Tahrir Square with Islamists to protest against what they say are attempts by the country's military rulers. This is from alarbaya.net. Military rulers to designate themselves as the guardians of a new Egypt. It was one of the largest rallies in recent months in Egypt, and most rallies in Tahrir have been led by liberal or left-leaning groups, but Friday's rally was dominated by the country's most organized political group, the Muslim Brotherhood, which has rarely come out in full force since the protests that forced President Hosni Mubarak to step down in February. The Brotherhood had until recently avoided confrontation with the ruling Supreme Council of the Armed Forces, but now warns of escalating its protest campaign if plans to give permanent political powers to the military are not scrapped. Hansi, or rather Hans Hegazi, a 28-year-old Brotherhood member who traveled by bus uh, to get there, said the army, ha- army has no rule in excuse me no role in ruling people. Its only job is to protect the country. We want civilian rule chosen through democracy. Down with military rule, read some banners. Egypt, our country, is not a military camp. Some demonstrators flew the Egyptian flag, while others, including ultra-conservative Salafis, waved a banner declaring Islam's holy book, the Quran, to be our constitution. So, once again, you've got another movement of uh, people of disparate viewpoints, but coming together, nonetheless, to say one thing we can agree on is that we don't want the military to be in charge. Um, Unfortunately, they're probably going to find out eventually, as we've found out here, that democracy ain't all it's cracked up to be. Sure. 
But I suppose when you're coming away from a, you know, dictator, democracy seems like a pretty green yeah, it, field, right? Yeah, it's got to be more empowering to, you know, to vote, you know, for the first time and, and pretend like you have some kind of sway over It'll what the It'll feel government. empowering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why it's worked so well here. I don't mean worked so well from our perspective, right, but worked right. so well from the perspective of, of the, the people in power. Right. Yeah, they've been able to get away with all kinds of stuff just because, you know, they can always say, well, if you don't like it, all you have to do is vote, you know, next November. You voted for us. It's your right. government. We're the government. They have all kinds of cover stories and uh, these, you know, I guess these attempts that they that they do to make you feel as though you are somehow in control. Yeah. And of and, course, it's all an know. illusion because <laughs> you're not in control at all. I mean, if you were in control, then you'd be able to say no. And most people are too afraid to say no because saying no could mean violent consequences, could mean that you end up in a cage. And that's why we're where we are today, not because the choices in the elections have been bad, and they have been, not because the Republicans and Democrats are corrupt, and they are. Those are all ancillary to the real root of the problem, and that is that Americans are lazy, and they're apathetic, and scared, and they're not willing to do what it takes to have real change. Sure, sure. I'd say the level of affluence in this country has kind of made it so that you don't have to work as hard to have everything you want. And it's easy to just be complacent, you know, when you're you're so rich that, you know, you have a phone, a, a smartphone, you know, for nothing. You know, I paid $100. No, I paid $80 for the phone. I paid $40 for unlimited coverage, you know. Like, that's nothing. You think about how much a normal cell phone cost 10 years ago, you know. Oh, you had sure. to buy minutes all the time. And buying unlimited, oh, geez, that's an arm and a leg right there. We're quite comfortable. Sure, sure. Yeah, and I think that comfort just, you know, makes people not want to, you know, as long as they they have all their toys, they have food on the table, you know, they have a place to live, they're not really going to worry about it. Don't rock the boat. Sure, yeah. Why? Why rock the boat, you know, if everything's going well for you? Here's why. Because you give a damn about the future. Yeah. Because you care not just about the future of you, but the future of your family and your friends and their kids and their kids and down the line because you can see, hopefully, what's happening. Like, people see something's wrong, but they're, like you said, still too comfortable to do anything about it. But unfortunately, the longer they wait to do something about it, the more difficult it'll be to actually achieve any kind of change later. Sure. So if you don't do something sooner... The political people get more entrenched, they get more powerful, they have more control over your life, and before you know it, then you're really scared to do anything. Because then they're really intimidating and really frightening and scary with what they're doing to folks, and then uh, you're even less likely to stand up for yourself at that point. Sure. But at some point, you've got to do something, right? Because is life real? I guess it really just depends. What is life about? Is life about living a long time, but living in surf-like conditions, living in conditions where, you know, you're owned, you're told what to do, that uh, right. you're, you're having uh, 50% or more of the money that you make taken from you. Sure, sure. Or, or you know, just getting by, you know, not necessarily working towards anything uh, or, or that kind of stuff. Is that what you're saying, you know? Well, like, I, I think that most people, you know, like, just want that, you know, they just want an easy life. They don't want, you know, in like the the more rewarding stuff, I would say, you have to really work for, really work for, and put yourself out there and learn things and do it. Absolutely. Few things worth doing are easy. Yeah. You have to put effort in. And aren't those what, you know, those are the things that are really ultimately the most rewarding. If, if it's rewarding to you to have a life where you work at a job 
come home every single night, you know, have a drink, go to bed, get up in the morning, work some more, do this for decades, retire and collect some sort of a check from government, try to live as long as you can on, you know, whatever checks you can get in from the state. I mean, if that's what's important to you, then you're in the right world. Right. But if if what's more important to you is that people be free to make their choices and live their life how they want to, well, we've got a lot of work to do. Sure. And why wait? Why keep your head below the sand? Because all that's ever done has made things worse. Sure, you might be able to avoid consequences for a while if you don't uh, tip the boat or upset the apple cart or whatever. You can you can probably be pretty safe for a while. But when they finally come for you, then what? Who's right, going to stand yeah. up for you? Yeah, uh, stand up for others, and then they'll stand up for you. Would That's be my solution to that. Yeah. That's working, I think, pretty well here in New Hampshire. I mean, it hasn't stopped the state from aggressing against people wholesale, but it does sure feel better when people come with you to a trial. Right. When and, people and write think, you in jail. I think there's a few situations where it's deterred uh, police from making an arrest. I think that's true. It's hard to prove that. Sure. But like, I, I, I would think, you know, you know, that they want, they don't want the hassle. So, you know, if they can avoid it, unless you know, it's something they quote unquote have, have to, to arrest. Yeah, which is always BS, but. You know, if they can avoid it, I think they're going to try just because they don't want the hassle from free staters. Right, simply because it's not worth their while to have to go through the trial and deal with whatever other consequences might come out. You know, people doing a candlelight vigil at their house. I mean, there have been all kinds of things that have happened as a result of the police aggressing against folks. But getting together with other people of a like mindset is an important factor. If you don't have anybody to back you up, then you might as well go ahead and keep your head down. Because if you're all alone, then yeah, you're going to get your head cut off. I mean, there's that's pretty much guaranteed. Which is why getting together at freestateproject.org is the most important strategy, in my opinion, for liberty in our lifetime. The people in Egypt get it. You've got to have numbers. If you want to stop the people calling themselves the state from their aggression, you have to outnumber them. We don't outnumber them yet here in New Hampshire. But if we had a few thousand more people, I think we would. Mm-hmm. And then everything changes. That is what you want, right? Change. 855 free the politicians aren't going to give it to you. You've got to do it for yourself. Hour 3 is on the way. Free Talk Live. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program, and the toll-free number for you is 855-450-FREE. 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Luther. And Julia. Inviting you to our website, freetalklive.com. You get to control the site by submitting content to it and then voting on what you like or dislike. So if you find something online that you think is pretty great, you can submit it as show prep. Other listeners then see it and vote up or down. You can vote up and down on things as well. And the most liked make it to the front page and the top of the website. 
at freetalklive.com. So head on over there and get interactive and do it all for free. Coming up, uh, Julia, you're going to tell us about hallucinations and the the, the brain and, and how they're, uh, they're received. And it's a very interesting study that's been done. But just a little bit more information on what's going on out in Egypt, where once again the protests are boiling over hundreds of thousands of people, according to Al Arabiya News, were rallying throughout the uh, I think it was throughout the weekend. This report from uh, from Friday, protesting against what they say are attempts by the country's military rulers to designate themselves as the guardians of a new Egypt. And these people are pretty upset. They don't want the military to be in charge, but yet they still like the idea of having a military. So on one hand, they feel like the military is supposed to protect them, but the military is doing what all enforcers in the world of government do. They're controlling. They're taking over. They're not protecting as much as they are ruling. And people don't like that very much. They're protesting. According to the story here, the rally was called to protest a document floated by the government which declares the military the guardian of constitutional legitimacy, suggesting the armed forces could have the final word on major policies even after a new president is elected. The document, which includes guiding principles for Egypt's new constitution, also introduces clauses that would shield it from civilian oversight. Most of Egypt's pro-democracy groups object to the document, calling it an attempt to perpetuate military rule past the post-Mumbaric transitional period, which is supposed to end with the election of a new parliament and a new president. Delivering the Muslim prayer sermon, and uh, Imam Mazar Shaheen urged protesters to keep defending the goals of the revolution. Uh, he says, we reject the imposition of diktats on the people, and we reject this document. No voice can drown out the voice of the people. Uh, he says, those who fear Islamist movements in Egypt, I tell them, don't be scared of Islam in Egypt. Egypt is Islamic, like it or not. We want a civic dem- democratic state with an Islamic vision that allows people to practice their rights and democracy. And the piece goes on to talk about how it's multiple different groups that have joined together in this particular event to rally against middle, you know, essentially total military dictatorship. Yeah, the proposal is to have a new president, but if the military can overrule the entire uh, governmental structure, then isn't all of that just window dressing? Yeah, it's just it would just be a puppet president, you know, and the military would still be absolutely in control. Right. So we'll let you people have some elections and you can elect a puppet and then we'll just do whatever we we want. We can pretend, you know. And of course, ultimately, even if they do get the military out of the way, it's still only a, a fraction of a degree better than having the military there because ultimately, you know, the president or these so-called representatives or whatever their system is going to end up being, the parliament, is uh, is going to still be able to control the military and use them for whatever purposes uh, that they like. So until people do finally come around to the idea that government itself is a bad idea, they'll continue kind of rearranging these deck chairs, replacing one bad guy with another bad guy or with, uh, you know, replacing one bad guy with a hundred bad guys uh, in the case of replacing a dictator with uh, with a parliamentary, uh, parliamentary system or something like that. But as was pointed out earlier, you got to make mistakes in the, in this world typically to uh, to learn in life. It's it's very difficult to uh, to assess information from people who can tell you, you know, we've done this before. Uh, we probably shouldn't go down that road again. Mm-hmm. It, uh, the more you can listen to those people, the better, but sometimes you just don't want to believe them. you got to find out for yourself, and you've got to learn the hard way, unfortunately. 
855-450-FREE is the number here. So, Julia, let's uh, change gears and go to something you meant to bring up last week. We just didn't have time for it. What was it? The news. All right. So this is from New Scientist. And the title of the article is Drug Hallucinations Look Real in the Brain. The visions induced by an Amazonian brew used by shamans may be as real as anything the eyes actually see, according to brain scans of frequent users of the drug. Dryul Arojo of the Brain Institute at the Federal University of Rio Grande do Norte in Brazil and colleagues recruited 10 frequent users of the brew called ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. They asked the volunteers to look at images of people or animals while their brains were scanned using a functional MRI. And then they asked the volunteers to close their eyes and imagine they were still viewing the image. Unsurprisingly, the researchers found that the neural activity in the primal visual cortex dropped off when volunteers imagined seeing the image rather than actually viewed it. So when they're seeing the excuse me, when they're actually looking at the image, then the areas of the brain that process sight are active. Right. When they're just simply imagining the image, those areas aren't active. Correct. When the eyes are closed, those areas are silent. Got it. But when the team then gave the volunteers a dose of the ayahuasca and repeated this experiment, they found that the level of activity in the primal, the primary visual cortex was virtually indistinguishable when the volunteers were really viewing an image and when they were imagining it. This means visions seen have a real neurological basis and they are not made up or imagined. So, for instance, uh, frequently with uh, psychedelic mushrooms or right. LSD or DMT in this particular incidence, uh, you will perhaps, on, on, a, on a lower dose even, you may not see f- something out in the real world, but if you close your eyes, you get what's called closed eye visuals. Right. You're saying that if that's happening, whether you're seeing hallucinations with your eyes open or closed or you know, both, right. you're actually seeing, right. your brain is seeing something even though your eyes aren't being used. That's correct. So a lot of people think, like when people make jokes about people on LSD and they say like, oh, did you see pink elephants walking down the street? And I mean, anyone who's done hallucinogenics knows that it's not like that. You know what I mean? It's it's different. But the things that you see, your brain is really seeing. It is real. You're not imagining them. Mm. That's very interesting to me, at least. I don't know. Yeah, um, I think it's fascinating. Michael... Bramer, head of the Brain uh, Imaging Unit at King's College London, said the study statistics appear to indicate something relatively robust. However, he said it's difficult to pin down whether the eyes-closed responses on the drugs are quantitatively the same as normal eyes-open neural activity. Functional MRI is not one-to-one mapping of cerebral activity. If it were, things would be easier. So he's saying that like reading an MRI doesn't exactly say what's going on in the brain, But I think it's important to point out that when they did the study where there were no drugs involved, they had completely different results. Mm -hmm. So activity really is some sort of activity is really going on. Right. This is significant. I mean, what they've what they've discovered here. Right. Uh, Robin. Okay. go ahead. Oh, did you have something to say? I'm just wondering, what does this mean to you? I mean, as somebody who has had a lot of experience in the world of uh, entheogens, uh, what is it that uh, which is kind of the new word for psychedelics? What what does it mean to you? Well, uh, to me. I think Alexander Shulgin, who was the man who synthesized MDMA, uh, he said that... What a hero. Yes. Oh, I just love him. Um, He said that, um, 
you know, he believed that there were all kinds of doors in the brain that could be opened. And he want, and he thought that, you know, a lot of these drugs, because he actually synthesized, most people don't know this, like 130 different hmm. research chemicals and things. And, and so and he tried said, them all himself. Yes, he did. He tried one, moved on to the next. He, he wasn't a, a druggie at all. He said he only did MDMA six times. Hmm. He would, he would he synthesize it, do it, write his findings and move on to the next chemical. Hmm. Um, but and he's uh, still around, right? He is. He is very old. But um, I actually saw an interview with him recently. He's he's still trucking. Neat. So anyway, he said that you know he believed that there are all kinds of doors in the brain, and that that you know using some of these substances can be a way to open up different doors in the brain. And I really like that. I think that the brain is really powerful, and I think it's exciting to learn about all kinds of possibilities and. And so to me, a psychedelic study like this says something about, you know, more possibilities of what the brain is capable of. Toll free number for your thoughts. Certainly welcome on this or anything you want to talk about. 855-450-FREE. 1-855-450-3733. Is there more to the piece? Yeah. We'll get to that. Talk a little bit more about ayahuasca and what it is. That's the uh, the, the drink that they're administering in this particular case. 855-450-FREE. You can share your experiences. Bring up anything. Free talk live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Pure Life Water, helping you drink better and live better by providing a zero-calorie alternative to sugary drinks. Visit us at nestle-purelife.us. When kids are playing, they often don't want to stop to keep hydrated. So send them out with a bottle of water and encourage them to take frequent drink breaks or call them inside for a quick sip. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of these airwaves at 855-450-FREE. 1-855-450-FREE. And bear with me as I'm still recovering from whatever sickness it was that I contracted. Actually, you've been like debilitatingly sick recently, Julia, but you sound better than I do. Uh, Really? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Anyway, thanks for being here tonight. Yep. Uh, I feel great. Excellent. Uh, so you can, by the way, you want to feel great about the future, you probably should go to wisefoodstorage.com. Get yourself and your family and your loved ones set up and give them peace of mind because destabilizing events can happen around the world and they can hit home too. Uh, you know, whether it's a, a, a natural disaster or some sort of a, a mass movement like you got happening in Egypt, you can be prepared, protect your family. And you can do that over at wisefoodstorage.com. They offer ready-made meals like cheesy lasagna, savory stroganoff that are packaged for freshness, and individual metal mylar pouches that carry a 25-year shelf life. You prepare them in just minutes by simply adding water. Give them a call at 855-FOODWISE today, and you can get a free entree sample. So find out for yourself what the quality is like of this uh, this food. It'll, it's going to last you a long time. And uh, visit wisefoodstorage.com. Also, you can use our discount code, and uh, you can uh, use a code... code at free talk, excuse me, actually both will work, FTL or free talk, uh, code FTL to get no cost shipping and 10% off of any order. That's 855-FOODWISE, wisefoodstorage.com, code FTL, and give your family peace of mind this holiday season. Let's continue here. We'll get back to hallucinations in a moment. First, Jeff is on the line listening in Chicago. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Hi. Live. Hello there. 
I live in a town in Ohio, and I'm home eight days, eight to ten days a year. I pay seventeen hundred dollars a year in city tax mm. to provide police and fire protection for my neighbor. That is my civic duty. Uh, you say that there shouldn't be people shouldn't be entitled to certain things. I think as a society, I have one neighbor who had a stroke at 40 years old. He had three children. His wife had passed away two years prior. I gladly pay my taxes so he does not have to live in the damn street. Well, what so kind of society that, do you want to live in, sir? Are, are, you, uh, are you saying that uh, people wouldn't help each other if they, were forced, if they weren't forced to? I think that the I think that our society, and we have a government, okay, should provide for people that cannot help themselves. Okay, you didn't answer my question. I don't know what kind of society you want to live in. I want to live in a society where our neighbors' choices are honored. How does that sound? What if they choose not to help someone? Well, Isn't that their choice to make? Doesn't sound like they'd have many friends. Right? right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to help that person There's then a lot if they of ever did. Don't help. have friends in this world. And that's a sad thing, you know, but uh, what did they do to get to that point? I mean, that they don't have I mean, any I friends. I be responsible for my neighbor's home if it catches on fire? Well, have the fire department you, show up and put the fire up? If your neighbor's house was on... I pay my tax for Sir, that? sir, if your neighbor's house was on fire and your house was in risk of being caught on fire, are you mean to tell me that you wouldn't be out there with a garden hose or buckets of water trying I'm to help put home. it out? You mean to tell me you wouldn't help in that situation? I would try to help, but that's not my profession. Well, actually, there are fire volunteer fire departments. Put the fire out. Are you aware, Jeff, that uh, yeah, I know you're in Chicago, so you probably have paid city fire departments there, Union but departments. they have uh, volunteer fire departments all across the country in most places, and that works pretty in well. In small towns, they do, but most major cities have fire departments, and guess what? Got to pay for it. Yeah, and guess what? You're paying too much because it's a government monopoly service, and that same service could be provided. I, I look at it this way, sir. We have the greatest interstate system in the world. Uh, we have. I don't know about that. Uh, safe food, safe drugs, all these things. Didn't you call in the drugs? other week? Whoa, whoa, whoa. They you mean to tell to me. Sir, I remember you calling in. Do you mean to tell me that Oxycontin is safe? Oxycontin is something that people use. I don't, I've never used it's synthetic kind of heroin, genius. For pain is what I hear. It's synthetic heroin, genius. Well, let's well then, be... if you take it, that's your business. <laughs> I don't. But, but you, you said you said it's safe. Is heroin safe? Heroin is not prescribed by my doctor. It's never had. It, it is under the name OxyContin and hydrocodone. And morphine. Which yeah. is how most heroin, a, a lot of Oxycontin addicts eventually become heroin addicts. Okay, let's get back to this, because I'm glad you called back in, Jeff, because are you the professional driver that called uh, the other week? I, I, I've been I've owned my own truck for 36 okay. years. You are who I thought you were. All right. So you love having the government around, because let me make sure I'm clear on something. You believe that if people weren't forced at the threat of violence, that they wouldn't help their neighbors. Is that what you believe? Well, you know, no threat of violence. Well, the how, matter is, I helped my neighbor out before. Well, I, I mean, helped my neighbors, too. Money, I helped them out. Jeff, Jeff, decision, guess what? Is, hey, Jeff, guess it, what? I pay, what? not only do I pay taxes to the local government, 
but I also uh, give money to local charities like the homeless shelter and oh, nine different charities, sir. the uh, well, United Way, and the United Way gives to way more than nine. So you're charities. kind of proving our nine different charities. You're kind of proving our point, then, man. You said that if the government wasn't there to make everybody help each other, then like, nobody like would help each other. For my neighbor who had a stroke, yes, I don't mind that at all. So what do you believe? So the nature- you would do it voluntarily. Okay, so great. So we both, Jeff, you and I, both give to charity. So why can't we just end the fi- the violence? Now, I, I guess you didn't see the violence. Let me see if I can show you the gun in the room, so to speak. What happens, Jeff, if you don't pay property taxes? Don't pay property taxes, they'll take your home. Okay. Now, is that, do you consider that violent? No. No. So, so if someone comes to my home and says, Ian, you need to well, leave now. Huh? I, schools, that's how they fund schools. That's how they fund schools, but that's not how that schools have to be funded. You don't have to fund things that are valuable through violence, Jeff. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. So how about instead wait, of wait funding schools gotta, by threatening I, 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 to steal homes? Right now, if I get stopped for speeding, I ought to pay a fine. Is that violence? Yes, it's violence anytime somebody forces you to do something against your will as long as you aren't harming another human being. So by not paying taxes... I'm not harming anyone, so therefore I shouldn't be thrown. Can I finish a statement to you, Jeff, please? I'd like to finish what I'm saying to you before you continue on here. So if I don't pay the property taxes and the sheriff comes to my home and says, you have to leave now or else, the or else is the part where it gets violent. If I don't do what they tell me, then they're going to possibly tase me or shoot me or beat me, physically remove me from my home if I don't want to go along with that. Now, what good does it do to throw people's families out into the streets? Can you explain that to me? The fact fact of the matter is, if there wasn't any degree of fear when it came to taxation in the United States, people wouldn't pay their taxes. So you go, it's fine. Now, finally, you've admitted that they're instituting fear. That and the they reason you, and the way you institute fear is through the threat of violence and through actual violence. So or threat of arrest. Now, how I mean, about instead of using violence, Jeff, to solve to rob a bank with a gun? I mean, yeah, I guess it is. Jeff, when uh, you're robbing a bank, you're actually hurting another. You will be a subject to arrest. Jeff, when you rob banks, you're actually hurting other people. Uh, now, look, how about instead of being violent toward our neighbors, we try honoring their choices and allowing them to make the wrong choice and learn from their from the consequences of those choices? 747 and flight, even though I'm not licensed. What I've the hell are you talking before. about? He's just he dodging just, your question. He was just babbling on and, you know, they potted him down or something like that. Thanks, Jeff. More coming up. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. You can enjoy them for free over at freetalklive.com. Features including listening options available around the clock 24-7. The latest episode of Free Talk Live via our live streams, broadband, and 
excuse me, I'm sick, broadband and dial-up versions of the show are there for you. Plus, you get details on the over 100 radio stations that air our program, the satellite listening options, including XM Satellite Radio, got two channels up there that we're on, our free-to-air satellite channel, the webcam, and the listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. Now, we're going to continue uh, with you and your thoughts here in a moment, but first, want to let you know about the Stocking Stuffer program. It's happening now over at facebook.freetalklive.com. Mark, who is not here tonight, but he'll be back tomorrow night. He takes Mondays off. He has been doing giveaways, and we've been giving away fun stuff like totasacks, vaporsmiths.com, vaporizers, libertystickers.com, bumper stickers. We've got uh, copies of Guns and Weed, uh, a brand new movie, an independent film uh, called Yardley. Luther, did you get a yeah, chance to watch yeah, that? Yeah, I did yet? watch that. Um, it was really interesting, you know, and captivating. I mean, I, I watched the whole thing. Uh, I, yeah, I guess I could say I liked it, though I didn't necessarily care for the uh, the protagonist in it. I, He's not he, a winner. Yeah, if you could call him that. I mean, it's a, it's an independent film, right? So, yeah, yeah. you and, know, and, it fits that mold of independent film. You're I think not they did an gonna... amazing job considering, what was the budget 15, for? Like 15000 to make a movie? Yeah. That's nothing. It was pretty impressive from that perspective. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I mean, the acting was good. And on top of that, yeah. I thought that, uh, you know, if, for an independent film, it is exactly what you would expect it to be. And that is, you know, independent films usually aren't afraid to have unhappy endings. Yeah. And that's certainly the case in this uh, this film. Sure, sure. Don't want to give anything away. Yeah, I certainly don't want to give brought that up, away. Brought up some good points about uh, uh, Miss Andre and how, you know, men are just not given the benefit of the doubt when it comes to uh, sexual harassment. So you could win a copy of that over at facebook.freetalklive.com. And th- the way you win is by just going to facebook.freetalklive.com and liking our page. If you've already liked the page, then just keep your eyes open because Mark will be doing more giveaways as time goes on here. In the next few weeks, we're going to be giving a bunch of stuff away. So facebook.freetalklive.com. Before we continue with your calls, just uh, a few more comments on, uh, I think it was Jake who called in a moment ago. Julia, did you want to share something? Jake or Jeff? Uh, Jeff. Jake. Well, a couple things. First of all, this guy called in like he had... You know, uncovered this huge secret. He, he had figured it out, and he was the first person who had ever, ever proposed this idea to you. You know what I mean? Like you, the idea you, that this is a radio show where uh, we talk about legalizing or not even legalizing, decriminalizing all drugs and getting rid of all taxes. And and this guy thinks he's the first person to call up and let us know the real, you know, the truth. You have a government and the government supports people. He just said it so like, like the, it yeah, just, but he admitted himself that he would help people, you know, and it's mm-hmm. not like other people wouldn't either. And you'd have more money because you wouldn't be taxed. But, well, the other thing that bothered me about what he was saying, and it was kind of hard to get a word in, he was really loud and pushy but um he he, su- he was suggesting that if you don't have government you cannot have education mm-hmm. fire service and you don't want it and a uh, police or uh, security and that's just but that's stupid. how it is your taxes pay for education that's how things are right but well what about homeschooling what about private schools you know yeah it's nice when you don't see the price tag on all of that you know what I mean? I, I don't think he understands how much more expensive those services are because the government wastes so much money. Oh, absolutely. And I don't have kids. Why do I have to pay for someone else's education? 
Well, his answer to that would likely be that you just... it's my duty. You don't care about your neighbors. It's my duty. See, I have no problem with supporting the community. Uh, That's why I said I give money to... I give money to the local homeless shelter, and he jumps in, well, I give money to nine charities. Well, I give money to the United Way, and they give money to, like, 20-something charities or (laughs) 30-something. That's what the United Way does. They take your money, and they distribute it to various different charities in town, so you don't have to cut 20 or 30 different checks. Right. And if you didn't have to pay taxes and you weren't forced to pay for like property taxes are huge here in New Hampshire because it's basically there's no sales tax and it's not like Florida where there's sales tax and there's a lot of tourists. I mean, it's how they pay for the schools here. But if you had all of that money back, you would have a lot more money to support like private schools, for example, that you liked, you know, you liked the way they taught. And sure, it's true that some people may be real sticklers with their uh, their wallet and, you know, not give to uh, local causes that need help. But so people should be free to make those choices and they can always be ostracized. They can always be, you know, made to feel shame for what they've done. You don't have to use violence to change how people behave. People are more likely to change their behavior based on social pressure rather than than violence. And that's the only tool that the government has. And, you know, it's a shame that he's a professional driver because I know that from the professional drivers I've talked to, most of them are on our side and they believe that the government does nothing but get in people's way and oppress people and restrict and control. DOT has so many restrictions on drivers. It makes it almost impossible for them to do their jobs a lot. You know, they can only work so many hours a week, you know, and then they just have to stop. And the DOT checks like all their logs. They have to log their mileage, where they it's went, awful. you know, what they're carrying, you know, everything. Like they, they go over dr- truckers and their trucks with a fine tooth comb, you know, look at, and looking wherever they can stick a parasite to suck off. Of. And all it does is raise the costs of transportation for those products because the truckers having to jump through all those hoops and regulations just increases the cost of doing business. It's harder now to make good money at being a truck driver, from what I understand from some of the people in the business. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, you know, it's harder to get it started, harder to get a foothold. Hard to harder to be independent. Right, exactly. And, uh, and so they've made that more difficult, which means that the cost of of transport is higher, which means that the cost of products is higher, and it's completely unnecessary. Anyway, let's continue with you and your thoughts. Paul, listening in Topeka, Kansas. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, yeah. Um, you got all these people that occupy Wall Street, occupy this place, occupy that place. You know, I understand that people have the right to protest. You know, but the thing is, is like, if they think that they're going to do what they've done in the Middle East, the North Africa, they've got another thing coming. You cannot protest your way to change. The only way you're going to change things is change the government. And the only way you're going to change the government is to vote the people that are not doing what they're supposed to be doing out of office. Now, Paul, I don't know if we have the best connection. We're having to turn you up a little bit here. Um, now, look, how's that been working? I agree with you, by the way, that protests don't change a damn thing. Uh, you know, that was uh, Alexander Haig who said uh, back in, I think it was a Reagan administration, let them protest so long as they pay their taxes. So I agree with you that protests don't do anything to really affect change. They certainly have their benefits. I think that they're useful for networking purposes, for people to meet other people, and then mm-hmm. maybe from there figure something else out. But yeah. how has voting ever changed anything in the in a positive direction in this country? Well, it, it, it's never changed anything in a positive direction. I'm, I'm probably guaranteeing that a lot of the people that are doing this protest right now voted for a lot of change back in 2008 when they voted Obama into office. I would really like to know how that 
Oh, I know a lot of so, them are upset. I know that. Uh, you got you got the little bit of change that's in your pocket. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right about that, Paul. And I I know that a lot of them are pretty upset over Barack Obama. In fact, tomorrow they're going to be doing a mic check during the Barack Obama events, which is happening in Manchester. So they're planning on interrupting his speech and uh, chanting at him, and you know, kind of ruining his little time there. So a lot of them are very upset, and I think that uh, people that have been People that have been voting each year have uh, the more they vote, the more they realize that nothing really changes. Anybody that pays attention knows that George Bush was elected for smaller government and made government larger than Bill Clinton even made it. And of course, Barack Obama promised he was going to withdraw the troops, promised there was going to be transparency. None of those things happened. And, uh, you know, he's making government bigger, of course, as well. So, uh, so again, how if you believe voting will change things, what makes you think that? Well, I mean, the thing is, is like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 in my 50s, I retired from the military. I, every year when I was old enough to vote, I voted even if it was absentee ballot, I voted. I get you. It's an easy. Can, it's an easy out to vote to believe that that will solve things well, in the future. I'm not trying to. I, I'm not trying to say it's an easy out. But the more people that vote for a change. Hold that thought, Paul. We'll bring you back. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, consider Keen. Civil disobedience, politics, media, outreach, and social events. Keen has it all. Get connected with video, audio, our forum, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Talk live. You can bring up anything that you want. Dial in toll free, even in these remaining moments. Enough time, maybe to sneak your thoughts in here at eight five five four fifty free. Here tonight, it's Ian and Luther and Julia, and we invite you to the website at freetalklive.com. Head over there, support the show. You can do that by becoming an amplifier for as little as three dollars per month. We'll take that three bucks in. We'll reinvest it into the program, and we will uh, get. Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country. Bring more internet listeners on board and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. You get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum, AMP-only podcast, and more. Go get the details. Get signed up with any major credit card as well as uh, PayPal over at amp.freetalklive.com. Also, perhaps you are a cigarette smoker. And, you know, it's probably not going to be something you want to do for your whole life unless you want to perhaps die from your habit. Uh, Probably most people don't want to die from smoking cigarettes. And you can avoid perhaps that future by switching to an uh, an e-cigarette, as they are called. It is a vaporizer. And they are becoming very popular. At least around here, people that were cigarette smokers have picked the e-cigarette up from Vaporsmiths.com. And they have, in some cases, managed to quit completely. In some cases, managed to mostly quit their cigarette habit. And the vaporizer from Vaporsmiths allows you to step down, too. So you can switch completely to the vapor product, which delivers the nicotine that you want uh, in a very easy-to-deliver m- method. You don't have to go outside in any place that I know of. You can use it right at your uh, your dinner table, right at the bar. You can... I don't think they've outlawed, uh, outlawed them from airplanes yet, although each airplane company may have their own individual policy. 
But in most places, you can use these things and no more hassles of having to step outside in the middle of winter or you know leave the bar when all your friends are having a good time. It is a great product. Vaporsmiths.com. No smell, no secondhand smoke, and you can use it pretty much anywhere. Plus, some studies show it is uh, 22,000 times healthier than cigarettes. Not only that, you're going to save, if you're a pack-a-day smoker, the Vaporsmiths e-cigarette will save you 120 bucks per month. So you're going to have more money in your pocket. You're going to be healthier. You're going to feel better. Your house isn't going to stink uh, like it used to. So... Go to Vaporsmiths.com. You'll get free shipping on all orders over 60 bucks and a free starter kit with a purchase of 40 cartomizers. So use our coupon code FTL to get that deal. That's FTL as a coupon code. Vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Before we continue with your calls here, uh, we lost the gentleman that was on the line before we went to break, but I thought it was important to kind of finish up the topic of voting because a lot of people understand that there are some serious problems out there, but... All they've ever been told when they've been growing up and throughout their lives is that, well, if you don't like it, you can vote for a different candidate, as though that's going to do anything. Right, and he kind of contradicted himself after saying that when he said, well, look at all these occupiers. They all voted for Obama, and they're not happy with the change they got, you know? So he's, he kind of pointed out that voting doesn't necessarily bring about change. I think he he did agree with that, that what you're saying there, but at the same time, toward the end of his call, he also said that if more people would vote, so he seemed like he was leading down this road that, well, you know, if we only had more voters, then that would really help solve things. But what's the point of voting when you have two jerks to choose from? Right. I mean, yes, there are independent candidates, but realistically, they can't win. And what does it matter if more people vote for the same two candidates or fewer people vote for the same two candidates? Either way, a crap can candidate is going to get in and try to control your life. So what most people do when I used to vote, what I would do is try to pick the one that would ruin my life or what I believed would ruin my life the least. Yep, that's pretty much how I go about voting unless there happens to be some liberty candidate like Ron Paul that is uh, that is running in an election, in which case I will vote for them. But I'm under no illusions that that's going to change anything. Even if Ron Paul were to win, I'm under no illusions that, that was re- that's really going to change things about how things work. The only way change can happen is if people change their minds. And as long as people believe in this system, as long as people believe in this decrepit old idea known as the state, and that's all it is, it's just an idea. And it's a bad idea. It's an idea that has contributed to the deaths in just the 20th century alone of hundreds of millions of human beings. It's a terrible idea. But as long as people are are believing in it, as long as people believe this is a good idea, just we need to put the right people in charge of it, you're talking about violence. And there is no right person who can do violence better or somehow safer or whatever than, uh, than another person. It's violence against peaceful people. So you got to stop that. you got to change the idea. And until that happens, we'll just keep repeating the same history over and over again, just sure. with a, a new pair of candidates. It'll be a di- you know, it's a different face every four years or so, different faces, but the same results, more control over your life. And so for those of you that understand the change that needs to happen, that understand what liberty means, that in order to be free, you have to allow others to be free, that if you want to be free, you have to let go of trying to control others. And what they want, what they do. If you get that, then go to freestateproject.org and join together with other people of like mind. 
people who believe in freedom should get together. Otherwise, we're, we're standing divided and nothing is going to, to work. You've got to get together. Let's go to Odell listening in New York. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Luther and Julia. Hi, Ian. Hey. Hi, Luther and Julia. Hey. What's on your mind, Odell? I love your show, guys. Thank I love you. your show. I've been listening to your show for the last three years. This is the first time I'm calling. Well, I appreciate that. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I agree with you when it comes to experience, what, what's going on in Egypt, but the process. So somehow they know that Hosni Mubarak's background is military. So basically what the military is doing, they came up with this document called Rose Above the Constitution. So we're basically saying, oh, go ahead. Uh, well, elect whoever you want. You want civilian government? Go ahead. You want to write your constitution? Go ahead, do it. But we have this document that supersedes whatever you do. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, the, the, the ruling military is saying. So what, uh, when it comes to the, the process, what, what started it is not the, the Brotherhood organization. Brotherhood organization was against this document. That's the march on Friday. But what really tri- triggered this, this uh, process is the families that lost their loved ones and the injured people, they were camping out in Tahrir Square for the last two weeks, demanding whoever um, did kill people or injured whatever those protesters be held accountable for what they did. That's what triggered the, the process. So you're saying that the uh, they're demanding accountability from the military people who injured protesters? Exactly. That's what triggered the second process. Not the, the, the brotherhood. What's going on over there right now? Because my article was from Friday. Did they continue protesting through the weekend? Well, so far, yes. It's still going on no, no right now. More than 30 people have died already. Oh, my goodness. More than 30 people, and it's counting. So that's, that's what's basically going on right now. Now, another thing I want to talk about is Occupy Wall Street. Sure. I agree with Julia when it comes to 1% and 99%, because I've been attending their GA since the uh, the second week of the movement, literally every night. And I wouldn't consider myself one of the 99%. I would put myself like between 60 and 70% because they have a lot of young, healthy people just panhandling in Occupy Wall Street, asking people for money. If you're healthy, young, why don't you go look for a job? Well, if I were a panhandler, people. I'd go where the people are too. Yeah. So just because you're at Occupy Wall Street doesn't mean that you're an occupier, right? You could just simply be somebody who's looking for a handout. Exactly. A lot of young people over there just asking people for money. I understand the point. And then it was was okay in the beginning to have, like, different groups, uh, discussion, uh, discussing, like, different topics. Whatever. I don't. I disagree with some topics that, like, oh, they want the government. Okay, you, the movement is against the government, and you're asking the government to pay your uh, school or like debt. That's ridiculous. Oh, absolutely. There's there's some big points of disagreement, I think, between liberty lovers and a lot of the people that would be at the Occupy movements. But like you said, you've been going to these, so you must find some value in it, right? Well, yes. As I said, in the beginning it was okay, but till now, they did not... They don't have a goal. I agree with the the caller. They say they don't have a goal. They don't. And most of the GAs, they never discuss any of those issues that were brought to the movement. Most of the, the GAs are about proposals 
asking for money for copies, asking money for sanitation, asking money for other things that have nothing to do with the Right, to just kind of keep the occupation going. I get where you're coming from, and thanks, Odell, for the observations. If you want to report in from Occupy uh, Wall Street, I'd love to hear more in the future, Uh, although hopefully you can get on a better phone because that phone didn't sound that great, but I appreciate hearing from you. Anyway, it's been Ian here with you. And Luther. And Julia. I say, so what if they don't have a goal? That's fine. It can be a recruiting ground to bring people to the ideas of liberty, and then we can give them a goal, like... Learn about liberty, then move to New Hampshire. FreeStateProject.org. See you tomorrow night. Hello, my friends, and welcome to a 30-second edition of Verbal Surgery. I'm your verbal surgeon, Tim A. Cummins, here to radiate your brain for maximum gain. And let me tell you, my friends, get on to the VerbalSurgery.com train. Come check it out. Listen to this podcast, and you will feel better right now because you are awesome. Looking forward to seeing you at VerbalSurgery.com. Take it easy, baby. Awesome.